Hello everyone and welcome to the Dollars and Sense podcast. This is Yosimaramo and in this podcast I will be talking about one of the fathers of one of the most one of the legends I would say one of the legends of investing he is known as the father of value investing and Warren Buffett's mentor Benjamin Graham. This is a short uh, biography of Benjamin Graham that I've looked up on Wikipedia. So Benjamin Graham was born on this is a short biography on May 9th, 1894, September 21, 1976. He died in September 21, 1976. He was a British-born American economist, professor and investor. He is widely known as the father of value investing and wrote two of the founding texts in neoclassical investing. Two books, two of his most famous books. One is called Security Analysis, which he wrote in 1934, co-authored, or he wrote it along with um, David Dodd. And also he wrote another book called The Intelligent Investor. Both of both books which... Um, Warren Buffett recommends and both books which influenced Warren Buffett. His investment philosophy stressed investor psychology, minimal debt, buy and all investing, fundamental analysis, concentrated diversification, buying within margin of safety, activist investing and contrarian mindsets. So that's basically how he invests. I mean, this is a mouthful, but his 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 main investment investing philosophy has to do with um value investing which Warren Buffett being mentored by Benjamin Graham says that um in order for you to invest in companies that are in order for you to use the value investment method of investing you have to look for companies that are underpriced by the market and then you buy those companies so you basically it's like an arbitrage you're looking at companies that have been mispriced and then you you're basically investing in those companies so you're investing in value you're looking at a company that is underpriced or undervalued and then you look at its market share and if its intrinsic value is below the market share then it is definitely 100% um, undervalued which means it is a bargain it is a good deal to um, buy so that is basically Warren Buffett's Benjamin's um, approach to value investing now remember he was born in the 1800s he lived through the 1930 um, great depression so there was a great depression in the 1930s which Benjamin Graham lived through that that era of 1930s and having living through that era it influenced him a lot into developing these philosophies of investing and if you read intelligent investor he talks about he talks about like if you are a passive investor like if you are not an enterprise investor meaning that if you don't know anything about investing the best approach the best approach to investing when you don't know anything about investing is to diversify you buy into different businesses if you do know a little about investing you know that oftentimes less is often more 
what that means is that you don't have to own a dozen different stocks if you understand a business if you understand a business you can actually buy that business you don't need to diversify if you know something if you are educated in um, in investing in value in investing right like if you know about real estate then you should invest in real estate if you know about companies then you should buy shares or buy stocks if you know Bitcoin or cryptocurrency then then you should invest in those things okay so the greatest risk is ignorance right you have to do your due diligence you have to do your research you have to read about it and then you invest it's not about just going out there and investing for the sake of investing you have to do your due diligence and you have to do your research and you have to um, in order for you to invest and when you do your research you don't have to invest in a dozen different companies one of the books that Warren Buffett recommends also is called uncommon uh, common stocks with uncommon profit it's written by Phil Fizer it's a great book because it talks about qualitative analysis Benjamin Graham is all about quantitative analysis he looks at the P ratios and all these different ratios and then he invest based on his calculation mathematical calculation but with phil fisher who is also one of warren buffett's mentors he also has a really big influence on warren buffett he talks about qualitative analysis he doesn't look about he doesn't look at the numbers he looks at the quality of businesses businesses that can last for a very long long time and warren buffett has always said that he's 20 percent graham and is a 20% Phil Fisher and 80% Graham but now if you look at his way of investing recently like he's more like 80% Phil Fisher 20% Benjamin Graham anyways back to Benjamin Graham after graduating from Columbia University at the age of 20 he started his career on Wall Street eventually founding the Graham Newman partnership after employing his former student Warren Buffett he took up teaching position, positions at his alma mater and later at UCLA Anderson School of Management, the University of California, Los Angeles. His work in managerial economics and investing has led to a modern wave of value investing within mutual funds, hedge funds, diversified holding companies, and other investment vehicles. Throughout his career, Graham had many notable disciples who went on to receive substantial success in the world of investing, including Arvin Kahn and Warren Buffett, the later going on to describe him as the second most influential person in his life after his own father. Another, So that is Warren Buffett. Warren Buffett said that Benjamin Graham is the second most influential person in his life after his own father. Another one of Graham's famous students was Sir John Templeton. Wow. So I'm going to do a podcast episode about Joel, Sir John Templeton. He's, he's a very inspiring individual. He has inspired me a lot. And I would really love to do a, uh, a podcast about him. Now this is about Benjamin Graham. In the next podcast, probably I'll do a podcast about a, uh, a review of... Um, I'll do a podcast about Warren Buffett. And then later I'll do it a, a one about John Templeton and other famous billionaire investors like Ray Dalio, Carl Icahn, um, Elon Musk, uh, Jeff Bezos, and Richard Branson. And all these really iconic figures, legendary figures. Anyways, early life. Graham was born Benjamin Grossbaum in London, England to Jewish parents, so he was Jewish. On his mother's side, he was the great-grandson of Rabbi Yaakov, Kassandate, and a cousin of neuroscientist Ralph Waldo Girard. He moved to New York City with his family when he was one year old. 
The family changed their name from Grossbaum to Graham in a desire to assimilate into American society and avoid anti-Semitic and anti-German sentiments. After the death of his father, who owned and managed a successful furniture store, the family experienced poverty, which Graham said later influenced his investing theories by inspiring an early appreciation of buying low-priced bargains. Wow, that is very inspiring. Graham became a good student, graduating as salutatorian of his class at Columbia. I'm not sure if I pronounced that word right, salutatorian. He declined an offer to teach English, mathematics, and philosophy, choosing instead to take, job, to take a job on Wall Street, where he eventually started his Graham-Newman partnership early on. Early on, Graham made a name for himself with the Northern Pipeline Affair, an early case of shareholder activism involving John D. Rockefeller. Graham's research indicated Northern Pipeline Co. held vast cash and bond assets that he believed were not being put to good use and bought enough shares to force a proxy vote to distribute these assets to shareholders. So his first book, Security Analysis, with David Dodd, was published in 1934. In Security Analysis, he proposed a clear definition of investment that was distinguished from what he deemed speculation. He tried an investment operation is one which, upon thorough analysis, so this is one of the best quotes that I've, I've read from his book, and, the quote, and I quote, an investment operation is one which, upon thorough analysis, promises of safety of capital and an adequate return Operations not meeting these requirements are speculative. So, basically, this definition is that so if you are investing in something that you don't know, definitely a speculative. You're not investing. So, Warren Buffett describes the intelligent investor as the best book about investing ever written. Graham extorted the stock market participants to first draw a fundamental distinction, this distinction between investment and speculation. Graham wrote that the owner of equity stock should regard them first and foremost, foremost as conferring part ownership of a business. With that perspective in mind, the stock owner should not be too concerned with erratic fluctuations in stock prices, since in the short term the stock market behaves like a voting machine, but in the long term it acts like a weighing machine. That is, its true value will be reflected in its stock price in the long run. Graham distinguished between the passive and the active investor. The passive investor, often referred to as defensive investor, invests cautiously, looks for value stocks, and buys for the long term. The active investor, in contrast, is one of one who has more time, interest, and possibly more specialized knowledge to seek out exceptional buys in the market. Graham recommended that investors spend time and effort to analyze the financial state of companies. When a company is available on the market at a price which is at a discount to its intrinsic value, a margin of safety, like I said, exists, which makes it suitable for investments. Graham also wrote that investment is most intelligent when it is most businesslike. By that, he meant that the stock investor is neither right nor wrong because others agreed or disagreed with him. He is right because his facts and analysis are right. Graham's favorite allegory is that of Mr. Market, a fellow who turns up every day at the stockholder's door offering to buy or sell his shares at a different price. Usually the price quoted by Mr. Market seems plausible, but occasionally it is ridiculous. The investor is free to either agree with his quoted price and trade with him or to ignore him completely. Mr. Market doesn't mind this and will be back the following day to quote another price. The point is that the investor should not regard the whims of Mr. Market as determining the value of the shares that the investors 
owns. He should profit from market folly rather than participate in it. The investor is best off concentrating on the real-life performance of his companies and receiving dividends rather than being too concerned with Mr. Market's often irrational behavior. Graham was critical of the corporations of his day for obfuscated and regular financial reporting. I don't know what that word means, but anyways. That made it difficult for investors to discern the true state of the business's finances. He was an advocate of dividend payments to shareholders rather than businesses, keeping all their profits as retained earnings. He also criticized those who advised that some types of stocks were a good buy at any price because of the prospect of sustained stock price growth. Without a good analysis of the business actual financial conditions, these observations remain relevant today. Graham's average investment performance was 20% annual return over 1936 to 1956. The overall market performance for the same time period was 12.2% annually on average. Wow! Despite this, both Buffett and Bexar Hathaway, which is Warren Buffett's company, Bexar Hathaway, Vice Chairman Charlie Manga, Charlie Manga is Warren Buffett's partner, and the Vice Chairman of Bexar Hathaway, Warren Buffett and Charlie Munger's holding company considered, but they both consider following Graham's method strictly to be outdated. With Buffett stating during a 1988 interview with journalist Carol Loomis for Fortune, boy, if I had listened only to Ben, would I ever be a lot poorer? Graham's largest gain was from Geico, which is Graham Newman Partnership purchased. 50% of in 1948 for $712,000. The portion grew to $400,000 million by 1972, contributing more to the portfolio than all of Graham Newman's other investment combined. Geico was eventually acquired in all by the Berkshire Hathaway in 1966, having previously been saved by Buffett and John J. Byrne in 1976. On September 21, 1976, Graham died in Aix-en Province, France at the age of 82. Wow. His contributions spanned numerous fields, one of which was fundamental value investing. Graham is considered the father of value investing, and his two books, Security Analysis and the Intelligent, Inve- Intelligent Investor, define his investment philosophy, especially what it means to be a value investor. Arguably, his most famous student was Warren Buffett, who is consistently ranked among the wealthiest persons in the world. According to Buffett, Graham used to say that he wished every day to do something foolish, something creative, and something generous. And Buffett noted Graham excelled most at the last. While many value investors have been influenced by Graham, his most notable investing disciples include Charles Bunderson, as well as William R. Jean, Beth Olden, Arvin Kahn, and Walter J. Scholars. In addition, Graham's thoughts on investing have influenced the likes of Seth Klarman and Bill Ackman. While some of Graham's investing concepts are now regarded as superseded or outdated. Many others are still recognized as important and security analysis or in the intelligent investor are required reading for new eyes at many investing firms around the world. Alongside his work in investment finance, Graham also contributed made contributions to economic theory. Most notably, he devised a new basis for both US and the global currency as an alternative to the gold standard. Graham regarded this currency theory as his most important Important professional work. It was largely ignored in his lifetime but gained serious attention decades after his death in the aftermath of financial crisis of 2008 and 2007 and 8. And that, ladies and gentlemen, is a short biography of Benjamin Graham. Thank you very much for listening. This is your Simara Mo with Dollars and Cents. And 
see you all in the next episode. Hello everyone, this is your host Simara Mo and I want to welcome you all to Dollars and Cents Podcast. In this episode, I'm going to be sharing my thoughts on investing. To me, investing is investing is all about putting in monetary terms, investing finance in finance. Investing is all about putting a lump sum of money into an asset or lending a lump sum of money for future return. There are basically two types of investors. When I talk about investing, I'm not talking about speculating. Some people speculate, some people invest. The best definition of investing, if you listen to yesterday's episode, Benjamin Graham came up with the best definition of investing, which he stated that through thorough analysis of one's assets, through thorough analysis and promises of safety of capital and adequate return. So that is the best definition of investing because investing if you want to invest, you have to invest in things that you are sure of. Investing always has risk, always has a risk factor to it. So you have to make sure that your capital is safe, your principal capital is safe, and you also make sure that you also earn a return that is higher than the inflation rate, so that you have more buying power or purchasing power. That to me is investing. Some people they speculate. When you speculate, is speculating causes bubbles because, for example, right now in the NFT space, people are just so crazy that they are putting all their money into NFTs even without knowing what an NFT is. So when you start doing that, when more people start getting into the market, um, most people get, you know, they borrow money to speculate and. That causes a bubble. A bubble in finance is when an asset becomes overpriced because too many people are buying into it. They are using debt to buy into those assets and it becomes overpriced. Then that is, it causes a bubble. Um, we have, there are many examples throughout history. In finance, it's called bubble. The 2008 financial crisis the 2000, 1999-2000 tech bubble crisis, the Asian financial crisis, the Great Depression, all of those periods, people borrowed money to pay for assets. The assets became overvalued. Debt increased and because of that, um, it, it was unsustainable because that growth, when it becomes too big compared to the income, if you're paying for an asset with a debt, if you're using debt to pay for an asset, you must make sure that the income that you gain from that asset is higher than that, that, the debt's interest rate so that you can cover it, so that you can pay back your debt. If it's less than your debt's interest rate, 
it becomes unsustainable and it becomes a bubble and it, when it best you have to sell your assets at a lower price um the cut your spending and you get into these tough positions where you have to sell off all your assets to pay back the debt and a lot of people a lot of people get into trouble because of that so investing always has a risk to it there's a risk and a return you want to make sure that your risk is less than your return but there's also a theory that theory of um, it's called asymmetric asymmetric risk to return I read it in one of Tony Robbins books on investing money master the game it's also a great book a really big book but it's a great book and it talks about how investors look for this these opportunities that have very tiny risk but has the potential to give you a, a big, very big return that's called asymmetric risk to return ratio something like that um, but yeah, you want to look for opportunities that have very little risk but has the potential to give you a very big return but that to me guys is um, that to me guys is investing thank you all for listening and see you all in the next episode